Hi, my beautiful people. This is Spill With Me, Jenny D. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited. I've been wanting to do this for so long. I'm giving you a real big hug right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm giving you this big hug because I feel like everybody needs a hug or a, hey, you're doing great or you look nice or just compliment each other. I mean, see, I felt like I needed to start this because I've been running into so many people that just want to talk about their life experiences, the relationships or like any story they needed to share. This could be something magical or something they wanted to share, but they're afraid of what others would think, me included. Or if you're hurting inside or have a funny story about life lessons you'd like to talk about, I would love for you to reach out. This could be the worst or your best times. Listen, I have some good topics. We're going to have a lot of fun because I believe the best medicine is to talk about it because someone else is dealing with the same shit. Hello, my beautiful people. Another episode of Spill With Me, Jenny D. I'm so excited you're joining me today because I have this wonderful guest. Her name is Katie, and Katie is the co-founder of the Little Fox Foundation. It's Toby's foundation. She's Toby's mom, and she's going to tell us about her foundation and about her story to keep his memory alive. Katie, thank you so much for joining me on Spill With Me. How are you? Hi, Jenny. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. I'm excited I'm, to be here. I'm so glad you're here to share your story with us. So bring us back, hun. When did you start this uh, Little Fox Foundation? We started the nonprofit um, in 2017. It was about 10 months um, after our middle son, Toby, uh, passed away from SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. And so it's been six six years already. Six years. So tell us, honey, um, what exactly, I don't know, if, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, if it could help someone else. Out yeah. There, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Toby was born in May of 2016, May 27th, and um, he was a healthy, thriving baby boy. And, um, he was our second son. Um, our oldest son at the time, Lucas was nearly two. So we had two under two in our household and yeah, um, crazy, crazy life for a young family, but we, um, we were happy and just enjoying, um, our time with the boys. My husband's in education, so he was off for the summer while I was home on maternity leave, and uh, we got to spend um, a lot of time together as as a family of four. And hmm. August came, and Dan went back to work for the school year, and I went back um, off of maternity leave, and the boys were with um, the sitter. And August 24th came came and normal routine was I would drop them off at the sitters in the morning and and go to work and Dan would pick them up and bring them home. And so I took Luke and Toby um, to the sitters that morning and, you know, told them, have a good day, kissed them on the head and, you know, said, I'll see you at home that night. And uh, went downtown for um, a meeting, went to Pittsburgh um, into town for a meeting that afternoon and came out of that meeting and, um, my whole whole world changed. Um, Toby went down for a nap that afternoon and and didn't wake up. And so, um, yeah, it was, um, I don't know. There are 
a lot of words that you can try to use to describe that day, but, um, you know, when you're sitting in the moment of it and thinking about it and just reflecting on it as, as a parent, um, it's just really hard to put into words. I'm so sorry. I can't even imagine. I can't. I mean, and that was the last time that you saw him when Mm -hmm. you said goodbye to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when I got to the hospital, they, he was taken by ambulance to the hospital. Um, and the team worked hard to try and revive him, but he was already gone. And so when I arrived there, um, he had passed and, you know, we spent, we spent some time with him in the hospital and just trying to figure out, you know, what, what did we need to do? What, what were we going to do? And, um, that was really, that was a really just uh, overwhelming time for Dan and I, um, just trying to process all of that. Uh, we were in our early 30s, and, and as I mentioned, a young family. And, um, you know, you think about <laughs> you think about the things that, the decisions that you'll have to make and the right. things that you'll have to decide, um, not only for yourself, but for your children at that point in time. And burying your child um, is not one of them and the decisions that go along with that are are not any of them that come to mind and so along with just being overwhelmed at our son being gone having to make these decisions um, when you're in in this state of trauma and grief is is difficult and overwhelming and you just feel lost you know I know. I, I just can't even imagine. Now, was he taking a nap on his stomach? No, he was on his back was um, on his in back. a safe sleep environment. And, okay. um, you know, with the foundation, um, we when we started the foundation, we had a mission that was twofold. So the primary focus at the beginning was um, importance of safe sleep practices right. and um, just advocacy advocacy for SIDS so that people understood that because just like Dan and I, when they told us that Toby died from SIDS, I mean, it was just a shock to us because right. we thought like, what, what, I mean, we'd heard of it, right. but it wasn't Nobody something that was, about it, yes. no, um, you don't think of it as something that We're not educated still happens, right. I you don't know, feel like they talk to no. like your doctors, no, or anybody. no. Um, and so that's something that we have really tried to advocate is just making sure that people understand that this still does happen and and that it can happen to anyone, right. you know. Um, there are definitely um, some SIDS cases where there are extenuating circumstances surrounding why an infant passes, um, and unsafe sleep environments is one of them. But there were no extenuating circumstances for Toby, uh, which for us is a, just another reason that you know we'll never have an answer right. as to why our son isn't here anymore. And um, you know, when you when you speak with parents who have gone through infant loss, I think that is one of the most challenging things that we have to live with is that there will never be an, an answer. answer. Right. And, you know, um, there's lots of different elements that play into that 
Um, but I will say personally for us, you know, I had mentioned our, our older son, Luke, who was nearly two. Um, and, you know, we were questioning, was there anything that we needed to, to do for Luke or make right. sure that How he was okay? Right. Um, and then, you know, an, another topic that is one that, you know, is, is gaining um, advocacy, but but something that is still very difficult is is pregnancy after loss, you know, right. and, and you go on and, and we were fortunate um, to have another baby after Toby died. We had another son, uh, two years, his name is Zeke. And, um, but, but going through that and, and knowing what we went through with Toby, you know, and, and dealing with those emotions too. And, and it's just something that, um, with no answers, you question a lot. You question a lot. Right. And when, you know, when you just had a baby too, so your body and your emotions are so, all over the place, your hormones are all over the place. So to go through something so traumatic and knowing that you know you got to explain this to your little one and mm-hmm. you have to like go on and think about like why why you know mm-hmm. the why is always that why yeah and did you have a place where you could go and talk to other people or other families or did you have anywhere to go? The resources were very limited um, when we lost Toby, and that's that was another reason for us starting on this journey with with the nonprofit and and you know really thinking about how can we change what this looks like for parents who have to go through loss, right? And um, you know, for for Dan and I particularly. We wanted to make sure that that wasn't just infant loss because there are so many people that go through miscarriages, ectopic pregnancies, stillbirth, as well as infant loss. And, um, it's not talked about enough, you know, there's, there's not a platform for, talking about what that looks like and how people deal with that and and what does that mean to deal with it and you know so that that has been something that um, has really been an educational component to everything that we're doing right. and um, we learn something new you know with every conversation that we have with every person that we talk to mm-hmm. and that's really important I mean it's important to have these conversations so that we can better understand how um, these families can be supported and sometimes you know I, I think it's I think it's really important to also talk about too that you know, we talk about couples, and fortunately for Dan and I, um, we you know we were married, we are married, we've continued um, this journey together. But this this journey and the journey of loss can cause a lot of other things to happen in people's lives, right. you know. And so, a lot of times, the families and the the mothers, the fathers, the grandparents, um, you know, an extended family that we get to interact with and talk with um, are sometimes on their own too. And and that's you know a whole nother element and another right. layer of difficulty, um, which is really important for us to acknowledge and. Uh, just make sure that we're paying attention to right. as we think about the families that we serve. You know what you that you bring up such a good point because when you are when you've lost someone in your life, 
you don't know. I mean, you're thinking about how you feel and how sad you are, but there are other people around you, like you said, your parents and grandparents and just family that, and they don't know how to help. They don't know what to say. Right. They don't know what to do. Right. And I think they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to bring it up. Mm-hmm. They feel that, oh, if I bring it up, they're not going to want to talk about it. Do you feel that we do have to have that open channel where we are talking about topics that are very hard to talk about? Yeah. But you got that started because are you the only foundation that has started this? No. So there's a number of um, foundations across the country. But um, I mean in the Pittsburgh area? In the Pittsburgh area. We have a couple other um, foundations. The Still Remembered Project is here locally. Um, They're a fabulous organization, another nonprofit who is rooted in assisting families that go through loss. Um, And um, another one locally based out of um, Erie area is MS Footprints. And they um, have really done a phenomenal job for paving the way for families um, as well. And, you know, we, talking in the sense of the couple that I've mentioned, um, while we have, you know, different missions um, and, and focuses, I think the groups that we are supporting and what we are providing from a resource perspective um, is really helping to support the same community. Um, and so that is a really promising perspective to look at um, right. because even, you know, when um, we just celebrated Toby would have turned seven at the end of May and, you know, looking back seven years ago, it's it's really kind of phenomenal to look at where we've come from that point right. forward. Um, and not, not just us, but just this platform of really giving a voice to people who haven't had a voice. Right. And um, that's what's necessary. And that is what is very, very helpful for others, even if they don't want to be that voice. It's just giving them a place to feel safe and feel welcome and feel like they can come and participate and really grow that circle and community of people who can support them and who do understand what that can feel like. I believe that too. I mean, I believe that, you know, when you think that somebody, like if somebody didn't have a loss of a child, then you'd be like, oh no, you have no idea how I feel. You have no idea, you know, back and forth, back and forth. I feel that if they're in a group of individuals, couples, families, knowing that, you know what, these people have gone through what I've gone through. You find that home of just feeling like at ease. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that you say that too because I was just having this um, conversation chat with um, some other lost moms um, who our families have really... We've all become an extension of, you know, our our families together. And it's it's been... It's been such a nice thing to have. And um, we were just saying that, you know, every time we get together doesn't mean that we talk about our grief. But every time that we're together, we all know that, you know, those day-to-day, in-and-out emotions and challenges that we're dealing with that 
you may not be able to see on the surface of of looking at me to right. know that that I have a son who is not here um, physically with us, and I I feel like you don't have to say that every time and and we don't have to talk about grief but we just kind of know like mm-hmm, exactly. this may be a season that is hard for someone or this may be a season to celebrate the things that you know the family is doing or celebrate their son or daughter um in a way that that they want to um and that family is comfortable with and you know to be able to do that for others and because we know what that feels like for people to do it for us and in in toby's memory it's it's really special to be a part of that and to have that as you know a group of people together that that have really come together from tragedy right right i mean you come together and like you said like if there's a birthday or there's some type of occasion or something even going through the holidays Mm -hmm. There's not a day that goes by that you don't think of right. your loved one that passed away. So I feel that, you know, having that community, having that support, I mean, so take us back, Katie. You, How did you even begin to start this? Because <laughs> this process of doing a foundation yeah. has got to be really hard to start it. Yeah. But you had a mission. You knew you were going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I know it's probably a lot. I feel like um, anyone that that knows Dan, my husband and I, um, even prior to even prior to us having children, Dan and I have always been people that um, have been involved in our community, um, have been involved in philanthropic work, and um, just passionate about you know, being a member of wherever it was that we were working or living. And so, um, when Toby died, uh, you know, and we spent, he died in August and I would say it probably was around January where we just went, okay, this is, this is overwhelming that we have to like continually research for like what it is we're looking for, for resources, for books, right. for articles, for groups, for whoever, whatever. Um, and, and why, why is there not more resources available, um, on a local, regional, national level? And so, um, that's, you know, when we started looking further, it was like, okay, th- this, this, seems like a void and it seems like a place where we could be helpful because we we understand what people are going through and um you know we're walking this path right now and I think you know that that's something that um I feel like if you look at just nonprofits in general um or organizations groups that you know have a core meaning where the people who are who have started them or who right. are invested in them have experience have experience with whatever is going on or it, have yes. a reason for what they're doing um the drive is there the passion is there and it's coming from a loving place and so um there's just a different feel for those kind of organizations i right. think and so when we started on this journey um it was one where we weren't really sure exactly what 
our mission would be. And I, I don't think, I don't want to speak for Dan, but I think if he was sitting here and, and talking with us, I don't think that we could have predicted where we would be from that point to today. today yes. Um, it's been a truly phenomenal journey. Um, and it's really just been one that has continually helped us heal. And, right. and I think that that's something, you know, that we oftentimes um, have to remind ourselves and each other, you know, right. to just stop and, and look at this and look it's at okay. what it is. It's yeah. okay to sit there and, and cry. Or, right, right. Or grieve the way you want to grieve. Right. And there, you know, um, there are... I think that's the thing, um, and I, I, I've talked about this before with grieving. Um, there are still just really hard days, you know, and um, they can hit like it's the first couple months of Toby being gone. Um, I sat, you know, um, this this past week. Um, is the end of, you know, the school year. And I have sat through end of year programs for our our oldest, um, who's coming out of second grade, going into third and, um, was also sitting at a moving up day the other day for school. And, um, it was really hard Mm -hmm. just sitting there, you know, watching Lucas and thinking like, Toby would be right behind him, you know, moving up um, in a grade and going from first grade to second grade and, and Luke from second to third and then, you know, Zeke coming into school. And um, it's just hard because he's not there. And I think that, you know, um, people All these don't. Milestones yeah. And, and, and yeah. And it's, it's, it's the ones that are, you know, really small milestones that people don't think about to the to the big ones to to the birthdays and the holidays that that people do still recognize and and understand that those are difficult but there's other things that um just hit and they hit differently when you're missing one right yeah I mean I see this beautiful strong woman (laughs) I see this you know beautiful light in your eyes and you're keeping Toby's memory alive. Thank you. He Thank is, you. you know, his name and this foundation, what you're doing for other couples and families and, you know, and single families or people that are going through it by themselves. I mean, what you're doing, you and your husband, I mean, you are giving people that outlet, that place to grieve, that place to say, you know what, we've been through something, the hardest thing. And you know what? We can get through this because we have to have the strength for our other children or our family or just to show them that. But you're going to have your days, you know, and it's it's not going to be like you said, there's going to be certain times. Of, and, you know, and I can't even imagine, you know, what what you're going through, but I can just see that what your future plans are is going to be amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us more about the foundation, like how to... Um, 
how do people get involved? How do they find you? And tell us about the gala. I mean, it's just... Yeah, we've had a lot going on over the past in the past couple months. Yes. Um, so we um, we had our second uh, annual gala in May, uh, and it was a phenomenal evening. Um, we raised um, over sixty five thousand dollars just that evening towards our mission and what it is that we're doing. Um, but more importantly, we we made a huge announcement that evening um, that we are planning. Planning to build a grief retreat center here in Western Pennsylvania. <gasps> That's so fabulous. <laughs> I mean, not, not fabulous, but you know what I mean. It's yeah, Katie. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. need that. Yeah. So it's been. So something. it's going to. Where is this going to be? So we're still looking for a property at okay. this point, um, and uh, we're looking in the Laurel Highlands area just because we want you know to, it to be a place. This retreat center to be a place where um, we're utilizing nature um, and. We're giving people a space where they can relax and just sit with their grief. Um, Dan and I have spent the past couple years traveling to some other um, retreat centers across the country. Right. And um, one of the things that, as we started on this journey, that we we realized is that um, there's not enough of these places in the U.S. And so we've spent the last 18 months, two years... um, I haven't even really heard of researching. Any. So yeah, so there's actually um, there's a dozen across the U.S. It's not enough. It's not enough, and um, that again, you know, th- the ones that um, there are, and in the organizations that are hosting, are doing a phenomenal job. But what I will say is, um, and and we, Dan and I, have been in this position, is that um, they, you know, they they only have so many weeks, weekends a year that they they do these retreats, and once their programming opens for the year, they fill so quickly that a number of these families are put on wait list, you know, and, um, again, speaking from experience, I know, you know, when Dan and I found the first one that we wanted to attend and feeling like, oh, this could be something that could really help us, you know, and, and a place for us to, to just connect with community and, um, and then having to hear, we don't have room for you right now. Oh. Wait, you have to wait. Right. It's just really hard, you yes. know, because you're dealing with all of these like How do you other put things. your emotions and everything on hold? Right, right. Until and the- so just um, we know that there's a void there for these type of facilities. And um, in doing our research and having these conversations, we know that, um, you know, this location is not only going to serve families um, across Western Pennsylvania, but across the country. And so we're really excited about what this means. Um, We have a lot of work to do, but, you know, we we recognize that. You know what? I appreciate that. I appreciate your vision and what you're seeing because I didn't even know we had the grief, a few, but knowing that there's going to be one here in our beautiful city of Pittsburgh. I mean, I just feel like that's going to help so many people. Yeah, we're really excited about it. 
I mean, and it's one of the, so a retreat, when you're saying a retreat, Katie, you're saying like a whole weekend thing. Yeah. So we, um, we're envisioning and sort of what our, what our plan is and what we're building, um, the programmatic pieces around is, you know, three to four days where, um, moms, dads, families, grandparents, um, we want siblings to be part of this too, because again, building off of what our experience has been and knowing, um, that our boys could benefit from um, having their own community, you know, mm-hmm. as, as they grow. And so um, building programs around, um, you know, journaling and therapeutic things and holistic things and just elements that will give people um, sort of this grief toolbox, so right. to speak, of yes. like, here's what might be helpful. Here's, uh, try this. It, it may work. It may not work. And I, right. I think that's another thing that's just really unique about grief is that I will say that, you know, from, from where we started on this journey to where we are right now, for myself personally, I have tried a lot of different things and there, it took me a long time to be able and comfortable with saying that some things don't work for me because, you know, it's just, it's just that comfort Everybody level. Everybody has yeah. different. And, um, there have been things that didn't work for me in year one or two that, that I find comfort in now, you know? And so right. I think it's really important for anyone grieving, um, is isn't particularly, you know, conformed around find what makes you right. comfortable and, and be okay with sort of experimenting and seeing, right. you know, how it feels right. because Yoga, I feel like there's, yes, there's like different that. things, um, that, that surprise people of right. like what, what, what brings them joy, what gives them hope, comfort. Um, and then they can take those elements back home with them, right. you know, and, and utilize them as, as they work and walk with grief. Exactly. Like this isn't just a retreat you go on for the weekend and then you go home and you're still grieving. Mm-hmm. This is something that you are going to teach them and help them find their way, find something that works. Journaling, yeah, like you said, anything like that, massage or just, you know, being maybe on a um, Facebook page mm-hmm. where there's other people on there that you can just say, hey, I'm having a bad day. Yeah. What did you, you know, I mean, just having that release yep. of something. I mean, that's, it's incredible what you're doing. Thank you. It really is. Thanks. And I, you know, if they're now, if they want to get a part of this, what is your website? So our website is the littlefoxfoundation.org. Okay. And um, we have, we actually just recently redid the site. So there's a lot on there, but I will say there is, um, there's a get involved page where you can volunteer. You can tell us if you'd like to help um, on a certain committee, if you'd like to help, you know, build, um, part of our retreat, be part of our focus groups. There's a lot of opportunity for people to get involved and, and we would love to have others involved, um, not only here locally, but across the country because yes. we really want to be able to build that network right. um, and, and and have different voices sitting at the table and, and growing with us as we, as we get larger. 
Um, and so that is there. There's also a resource page on our website, which has been something that we've been working on for a while. Um, it lists the other organizations that um, support families who go through pregnancy and infant loss. Um, and that's something that collectively um, is is not available elsewhere. And so we spent a lot of time putting that together, um, vetting these organizations, knowing them or having partnered with them before. Right. Um, and they're nonprofits and organizations all across the U.S. So, um, you know, I, if you are going through anything on your own or if you know someone, right. um, I would highly recommend looking at that list um, and seeing who's on there because there's some really phenomenal organizations listed as well. Right. And now what would you say to um, young women that are having babies? Is there, I know that, I don't know if there's a way to educate them on the SIDS so I think the biggest thing for um, expectant families um, or new families um, is just the importance of safe sleep. And so we talk about um, the ABCs of safe sleep is sort of how it's presented. And that means that your baby is alone on their back and in a crib or a pack and play um, that is a safe sleep environment for them. And um, while babies should share a room with the parents the first couple months, um, they should share a room, but it be in their own sleeping, like safe sleep environment. They should like not yes. be in bed. in bed with you. Yes. Um, and those are ways to just really make sure that that baby is in the safest place that they can be. Um, you know, and and there's no extenuating circumstances around. Right. Okay. Them. Yeah. I know because that's something that, like, I feel like they should be brought to their attention when someone is having a baby, and just knowing like the safety. You know, I I know a lot of people like to put stuffed animals in their cribs or just keep all this just because they like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's, yeah. None of that. You know. Baby should be alone. <laughs> yes, alone. Yes, yes. Yes. Only baby in the in the crib. Right. So. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's an interesting, uh, made me think of something, um, you know, if if you have little ones at home with a new baby coming home too, um, it's really important for them to understand the importance of that too, you know, right. to making sure they're not putting things, you know, if, if baby's taking a nap or um, putting them down at nighttime, you know, and going in and, and, and trying to help, but not right. knowing, you know, and so it's really just um, important to make sure that everyone is just aware because... These little ones um, are so tiny and innocent, and and we need to just make sure that we're doing the best that we can and putting them in the best and safest environments um, for nap time, bedtime, any time that they're alone. Um, yes. They should be in those environments. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I mean, everything that you've said, you've educated me, and knowing that there is a resource and what you're doing to help other families and people going through something like this. I mean, Thank it's you. just... It's a wonderful thing that you're doing, and I, I just give you and your husband so much credit to you know, have this tragedy happen to you, but to make sure you keep Toby's memory and his foundation of helping others that may go through this same, um, what would, not situation, but same it is, it is circumstance. Yeah, and it will, you know, unfortunately, we look at that and, and we know that others will go through loss too. And so it's just, you know, a great platform to be able to prepare so that others don't feel as lost on this path as Dan and I did when we started out. Um, and, 
you know, we're, we're, we're really proud of, of what we've been able to do. So thank you for the opportunity to talk about it and to talk about Toby. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. So if you want to get a hold of and be a part of Little Fox Foundation, get on their website at littlefoxfoundation.org. Katie, thank you so much for being a part of Spill With Me. I really appreciate your time and what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jenny. I appreciate being here. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me with Spill With Me, Jenny D. You can be anonymous, planning on having guest speakers, or anyone who wants to share their life experiences on the topic we covered that week. I'm going to post all that on my Facebook and website, so you will see what I'll be talking about that week. So give me a call. I can pre-record and put you on my, my episode that day. I stress this. I personally feel to heal yourself is to talk about it. And if we can help each other instead of keeping it bottled up and just release it, I think that it's going to help all of us. And let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny D.